In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Lenten season, we're going to be preaching on um, risk, risk that we take as we follow Jesus, as we live as the disciples, as we enter into the passion of Jesus as he makes his way toward the cross. And uh, so we're we'll be looking at a variety of ways in which we we're invited to risk um, for Jesus. Um, and today we begin that journey looking at, at the temptation of Jesus. And unlike Matthew and, and Luke's gospel, where um, the temptation stories, we have to be reminded that there was a that Jesus, this happened right after his baptism. Um, and they they focus more on the drama between uh, Jesus and Satan and, and the specific temptations that he faced. Mark's, Mark's gospel uh, really links the baptism directly to uh, the temptation, directly to the proclamation that Jesus makes of his ministry of, of bringing forth the kingdom of God um, to its fulfillment. And um, moreover, it really is is a gospel that, that connects us, the reader, to this story quickly to, to emphasize the fact that, the, that Jesus' story is also our story. So what happens to Jesus is an invitation to for us as well. And um, we are called to, to live into that, to see ourselves that. And, and indeed, um, Everybody who, who followed Jesus then, and, and we have to remind ourselves now that, that, that Jesus' story becomes our story, right? When we are in Christ, um, when we come to the waters of baptism, when we make that proclamation, when we reject the things of this world and repent of sin and take on Jesus as, as our Savior, and declare God as, as the one who has redeemed us in our life, and we've rejected things of this world, and we enter into a life of God, um, this, this story of Jesus becomes our story. And so this baptism, and we talked about this a few weeks back, that, that when Jesus is baptized and the Spirit comes upon him um, like a dove, and a voice comes from heaven, you're my beloved. Son, with you I'm well pleased. That this is not just a call to Jesus. This is this is an invitation to all of us as well. That you are a beloved of God. That I am a beloved of God. With in and in you, God is well pleased. Despite all the things that you think about yourself, despite your insecurities, your unworthiness, and all the rest. God sees you as his beloved. With you, God is well pleased. And um, this is one of the important things about Ash Wednesday too, right? When we say, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. That, that God can make amazing, beautiful things out of dust, right? Out of dust, God has created us and you're beloved and you're wonderful and you're beautiful and you're with, with you, God is well pleased, and and this is the invitation that we are 
to grasp, to take hold of. First and foremost, as we enter this Lenten season, that's an important aspect to take hold of. All of the, the parts of, of Lent where we, we are in self-denial and fasting and you know, beating our breast some heart some parts. We're called to rend our hearts. Rend our hearts and not our garments. And return to the Lord, most especially understanding that we are God's beloved. The Spirit of God is descended upon us. He fills us, he empowers us. In that time, when Jesus looks up, he sees heaven to open up. And that isn't like you see heaven up to the angels sitting on clouds playing harps, that sort of heaven. You're seeing the intersection of God's kingdom bursting forth into our kingdom. God's kingdom bursting forth into this world. And, and can we not see that when we come into life in Christ? The way that God's kingdom intersects, can we see the glory of God in creation? Can we see the way that God moves in people's lives? Can we see the blessings and mercy of grace of God with those that we interact with? Can we see all around the healing, the joy, the wonder of God? And is this not what we are called to demonstrate and declare and proclaim to the people that we encounter that indeed there's no reason to despair for God's kingdom is birthed forth into the world. And we are to point out the ways that God's kingdom has sort of pulled back. Um, the heavens have, have pulled back a little bit and, and we can see a glimpse of heaven. And we're to demonstrate glimpse of heaven to the people around us. And then the Spirit immediately led Jesus out into the wilderness to face temptation. And in this passage, we don't really have that, um, that drama, as I said, that we get in, in Matthew and Luke. We just hear that he's led out into the wilderness for 40 days to face temptation, trials. And there's wild animals that, that represent um, sort of the things that, 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 are, that could be facing, the threats that could be facing him. And there's angels that protect him. And he's led back and begins to declare the kingdom of God is at hand continuing that mission. And this is, this again, directly correlates to us as well. We are beloved, right? We have the Spirit of God upon us. We have a glimpse of heaven that we see all around us. We who are in Christ can see and experience that kingdom of God. And we are called to go into the wilderness and face temptations and trials as we go, right? And this is an important aspect of who we are. We're not called 
to sit around. We're not called to hibernate. We're not called to, to cut ourselves off from the world. We're called to go into the wilderness to declare the kingdom of God and to be prepared to come back in power to declare the kingdom of God as Jesus did and risk failure, really, as much as anything. To risk failure. Jesus went off into the wilderness and, and was able to resist temptation. Of course, Jesus is the Son of God. We're called to go off into the wilderness and risk trials and temptations as we um, declare the glory and grace of God. But we risk failure because we will fail at times, right? We're not perfect. And the reality is the disciples failed constantly as we read through the gospel. They don't recognize who Jesus is. They don't understand his teaching. They fight about who should be the greatest. Even after Jesus specifically says what's going to happen to him, Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. When Jesus warns them about um, the yeast of the Pharisees, he says, they go, is that because we didn't bring any bread? Right after Jesus has just fed 5,000 and then four more thousand with just a couple loaves. Right? They're, they're not grasping. They're failing. Failing ultimately even in the garden as they all flee upon the night of Jesus' arrest and abandon him completely and totally. After they said they'd be with him Always. And so we're, we're called to risk the same sort of failure. Face the trials and temptations of, of what it is to be in this world. Face the wilderness, the wild beasts. And we do have angels surrounding us, protecting us. We do have the Spirit of God leading and guiding us. But we do screw up as well, right? It's just the reality that we aren't perfect. But we're called to go all the same. To be disciples means to walk in the path of Jesus, to take hold of that claim that we are the beloved, to glimpse the heavens opening up and to declare those, to point those out, to share the kingdom of God is at hand and announce it to the world around us and to risk the temptations and trials that go with that. The inner temptations and trials where we don't think we're smart enough, good enough, 
holy enough, perfect enough? Do we see ourselves as hypocrites? And who are we to pronounce the kingdom of God to anybody? Who are we to declare that Jesus is Lord of the world? Who are we to pull back the curtain of heaven and declare it? Who are we? Right? That's in Matthew and, and Luke. That's the big, the big question that Jesus really was tempted with, right? If you are really the Son of God, prove it. Who do you think you are? Do you really think you're the Son of God? Who do you think you are? Right? Who do you think you are is a major temptation that we have to face. Who do you think you are? You are the beloved of God. You are one with whom God is well pleased. When we go out and we go out as ambassadors of Jesus, even when we fail, God is well pleased because we go out risking to love, risking to demonstrate the grace and joy of God. Who do you think you are? Right? We have to we have to risk that trial, that temptation. And then also there's just those areas of our lives where we struggle. Right? With the physical, spiritual temptations of this world. Be it power and wealth be it having more stuff, being it carnal desires, whatever. There's things that we face, that we struggle with. And in this, God offers strength. We have to risk trusting that God can be with us to bless us, to heal us, to shield us guide us. And we pray those prayers, right? Our, when we when we have our have our prayer life more centered, more more honed in as Jesus sort of demonstrates going off and, and praying. Part of going into the wilderness facing temptation isn't just that we are constantly battling, but it's to allow ourselves to withdraw a little bit, to have the angels, to have the Spirit of God. Not just protect, but to empower. That we're refreshed in God's light, in God's love. That we can hear God clear. Sometimes in the wilderness, there's not much. Right? There's nothing. Sometimes there's temptation and we hear these little voices. But a lot of times it's an opportunity to really hear the voice of God. To hear the voice of God clearly. And when we hear that voice clearly, then when we do face temptation, we'll be able to pick out that voice. Right? It's sort of like sort of like a radio station, 
right, or, or anything else. When you can, when you, when somebody points out uh, a noise, a voice, a bunch of cacophony of other things, you can, you can then hear it. If you've heard the voice already, you can hear it later in the midst of, in the midst of chaos. And that's really the other aspect that we're to, to risk. Hearing the voice of, of God, can we risk that? Can we risk trusting that God's voice speaks in the midst of everything else? Can we risk failing again to not hear God's voice? Right. Um, it's hard. But we're not going. I mean, there's nothing about following Jesus that's easy. But it's but it's glorious. I mean, you're the beloved. God has chosen you, not just as a beloved son, daughter, whom God is well pleased with, but as the one who's going to bring forth light and love into people's lives. Other beloved sons and daughters of God, right? This is, I mean, it's an incredible thing. Are you willing to risk to go? Are you willing to risk failing, getting back up, and trying again, and failing, getting back up and trying again? This is, I think, the third time I've done this sermon. <laughs> I've already messed up a couple times. Had to start over. Let us, as we begin this Lenten journey together, Look at ways in which we can risk to live, to love, to bless, to draw near to God. Risk being silent with God. Risk going and proclaiming. Risk a new mission, a new adventure. Risk not getting something perfect. You are the beloved of God. God leads into the wilderness that you may be strengthened, that you may proclaim, that you may be a blessing that you may demonstrate that the kingdom of God has burst forth into the world. Do you have the glory and the honor to demonstrate and to point out that reality to the people around you? Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you invite us into this journey to follow you, to live for you, to risk failure, knowing that you have redeemed us. Our past failures, our present failures, and our future failures. Fill us with your spirit. Give us courage and strength. This to walk as your beloved. For it is in your most precious name we pray. Amen.